All right, happy Sunday. This is the Sunday morning with the Elohim. We are two hours here on BBS Radio, and this is, as usual, a simulcast with a conference call. Thank you for being here. Please check us out. I'm not sure if you have, of course, be with us before Kick the Tire, see if things resonate with you, because what we are being told is that we are communicating with higher intelligences located or located, you know, who are beyond the veil, energetic sources. Again, see if you can put value out of the work that we present over here. We wish you a happy Sunday and hope you will be entertained. We had a few more callers joined in. Welcome to you all. If you want to, please say your names and locations. Joan, Dolan, Spray. Good morning, Joan. Welcome. Good morning. Awesome. Hi, Joan. Hi, Raiden. Hi, Lou. Happy Hi, greetings, Raiden. Welcome. Hi, Lou. Hi, Cecil. This is Hi, Cecil. Cecil. Welcome, Cecil. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Cecil. Hi, Cecil. I think I heard Jeannie. Welcome, Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Thank you. All right. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Cecil. Are you are you limited in time today? I am. Okay. Happy Sunday. Welcome. Please say name and location. Hi, it's Terry in Nevada. Welcome, Terry Marie. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, everybody. Hi, Terry. I'm on time Hi. today. <laughs> you didn't hear what you said, CJ. Sorry. <laughs> I said I'm on time today. <laughs> oh, right, all right. <laughs> yeah, you were late last okay. week. Yes. Oh, yeah, but the time change, huh? Time change in Europe. Yeah. Oh, yes, it has changed today. Yes, not not here. But I never changed my time, so That's I'm good, on the because old time. You're good because we haven't changed it here yet either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we change week. next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's an idea. Instead of going an hour each way twice a year, why don't we just set it halfway... 30 minutes and just leave it there. <laughs> just do nothing. Even better. It is being discussed. I hope they just leave it on summertime. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
if it's up to me to just continue what they're doing with summertime and winter time, I like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I also like sharp cheese. Don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> and other things. And other things. <laughs> <laughs> And and Lisa. <laughs> no comment. Ever <laughs> high for me. All right. Go do. For those folks that just joined in here online through BBS Radio, happy Sunday to you. We'll be starting here shortly. And I welcome the next caller. Thank you for being here. Please say name and location. This is Michael in Idaho. Hello, Michael. Happy Sunday. Welcome. Hi, Michael. Hey. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the conference call. Please say name and location. It's Wynn in Sedona. Good morning, Wynn. Welcome. Hi, Wynn. Are we on? Hi, everybody. Are we on BBS? Yes, we are. Yes. Hello to everybody listening on BBS. And in case you didn't know, this is not like any call you'll find on the Internet that I know about. Because... um, we have a group energy here. It's all of us on this call and a huge amount of people on the other side. And we have been in communication with those beings on the other side for years. And we've had loads of miracles, lots of wisdom, and uh, understandings of how the universe works that I've never heard from anyone else. So. Get ready for an exciting call. So, when Cecil has a brief time available, and um, I'm losing the name over here, Jackie is not present this morning. Okay. Is so Terry you're in Marie the... there? What's that? Is Terry Marie there? Yes, he is. Okay. Yes. Is Are you ready for the recording to start, Wynn? No, I'm ready to have you answer that question. Is Shirley there? Negative. Okay, thank you. Do you want to keep the All lines right. open, or you want the phone lines to be muted? Leave them open. That's okay. Okay. All right. So today it is October 29th. The recording has started. This is October 29th, 2000. Twenty-three. Winfrey, that's me, in Sedona, Arizona. Terry Brown in the fifth dimension, the fifth density. And that's outside of the Earth plane, so we can't locate it any further than that. Hi, Terry. 
and all of you everywhere. And in order to help get our energies together, we do a little um, um, invocation. Invocation to the light. Closing the light. Pardon me? Changes to acknowledging the light. Yeah. Invocation to acknowledging the light or the group energy present. And Cecil does that. Cecil Jepson in Washington State. So over to you, Cecil. Thank you, Will. <clears throat> One infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and fill everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and anchored into the Earth. We invite our higher density friends who are service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us. And we co-create loving group energy connection for the highest and greatest good for all, honoring free will. Back to you, Mr. Free. Hello, Wynn. Here we go. Here we go. I was muted. I, I want. I want to start off by sharing some of the events that have happened to me personally in the past week and a couple of months. Those of you who have been regulars on our whole planet healing call heard me come in with really low energy and I wasn't doing well. And I had an issue, a health issue. And it was, um, and eventually I went to the doctor on it because I resisted. And I haven't gone to doctors for since I was in high school, I don't think. I can't remember the last time I was at a doctor. But this was driving me up the wall. And it was a prostate issue. And if you don't know what that is, for a man, it has to do with his prostate gland getting larger as he gets older. And it gets much harder to pee. And um, and the, the pee can come out in dribbles. It can hurt. And and I eventually saw a doctor, and they said I had a, a, a stone in my your in my bladder. Plus, my prostate had expanded, but I hadn't seen the urologist yet. And I was really nervous about seeing the urologist because I had the feeling they were going to suggest some kind of operation to to, to fix these things. And, uh, and I'm chicken, okay? <laughs> and but I would have done it because 
I was getting to the point where I was dysfunctional. And one of the ways I learned that I had all this stuff is because my neighbor, who I rarely spoke to, but we were on a you know, good terms, a low basis, called me up and said she got a message from Terry. And for those of you that don't know, Terry has been my partner for 20 years, and she is the person that channeled the majority of our messages. And she left this realm in August of 22. And then people on our call started telling me they were getting messages from Terry, and I started talking to her through some of the people on the call that most of them had never channeled before. Suddenly they were getting this. And then and then I got my neighbor calling me, telling me that uh, Terry had a message for me that I should see a doctor. Now, that was really unusual because my neighbor is just a conservative, regular person, very nice person, but, you know, no particular interest in metaphysics or channeling or anything like that. Well, uh, I couldn't find a doctor to get an appointment with. It's not like it used to be. Doctors, you have to make appointments months in advance. So I went to an emergency, and they told me about my prostate. And then I had to get a primary care physician who assigned me to a urologist, which I did. And But I haven't gone to the urologist yet. And it's been getting worse. It's like uh, I'm waking up all night and I have this urgency and then nothing comes out. And then a couple of nights ago, absolutely nothing came out. There was this pressure building up in me. Uh, and I said, all right, I got to go see the urologist. And then yesterday... I went out to do some shopping, and my energy was really quite bad. I mean, I was hardly—I could hardly walk, but I was doing it. And then in the middle of it, I got a call from Christopher Ging. Now, some of you remember Christopher Ging. Dr. Ging, he was a Chinese kind of alternative doctor. And uh, he would travel around with a guy by the name of William Herman, who was a psychic surgeon. And many people watched him, felt him, put their hand inside them and pull something out. And in one case that I particularly recall, uh, a friend of mine in... Oceanside, California. I think it was Oceanside or Encinitas. Carlsbad, maybe one of those three northern California cities called me and I told her about Dr. Ging and and, uh, his, his associate, William. And 
she and her husband scheduled an appointment, and her husband had some problem, and, and I believe it was some kind of throat stricture, where he could not swallow solid food, and he had to eat uh, soft food all the time. And um, he had an appointment with Dr. Gang and William, and William did something or pulled something out that was causing the stricture, and he's been eating ever since. And I mean, I think there's a lot of stories like that, but that's just one that uh, is on the tip of my tongue. So William was was is good, and um, you know, Doctor King called me and said I was worried about you, and and uh, so I told him what was going on, and he said I was picking it up. Actually, apparently, Jesus told him, and he's the devotee of Jesus in a traditional sense, and. Uh, and and he said it, it was really serious, and I had to do something about it. And if I fly to Dallas, he'll put me up and treat me. And I said I don't think I can do that. And then he said, well, maybe I'll come to Sedona, okay? And we left it at that. And I'm in the supermarket, and I I'm, I I went home, and I hadn't peed for at least a day, maybe two days, I don't know. And there was this pressure building up, pressure building up in me. Uh, and that I could I could have exploded my bladder or something, you know? Really? God damn, man. Just relax, just relax, okay? Okay. So, so Christopher told me, Jesus told him to call me. And and then I called him after I came over from the store. He was talking to me about everything, and and then I went to sleep last night. And after about an hour, I woke up, and I had a really powerful pee. And I went back to sleep, and I woke up another hour, and I had another powerful pee with no pain. Uh, I was feeling really, really good. And in this morning, I was still in that state, right? Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Jesus intervened, if Dr. Ging intervened. I don't know. We might find out on this call. And uh, I don't know if it's gone for good. And I could write off seeing the urologist. I hope so. But in any case... Here I am, and I'm still feeling good. And uh, and this was after a few days of being miserable and not being able to walk. So let me see, is Terry Marie here? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Well, let's bring in the light, and we're going to ask a couple questions to Terry Marie. Uh, now, let me tell you, Terry Marie is not as good as Terry Brown. 
she's as good as Terry Brown, but she gets stuck on certain points of information, and she says, I can't get that, and that's okay. Um, Terry Brown, we could go almost anywhere, and she could track it. So I just want to ask, the, good morning, Terry. Let's wave to Terry Brown, who's in the fifth density, no longer in a body, in an energy body, and still looking down on us, monitoring us, staying in touch with me. And Terry, are you there? Yes. It's here. Can we give you a wave? <laughs> sure. Now, can you or anyone up there tell me what happened last night? There are many, many people sending you energy, healing energy. Working, connecting, feeling it. Do I have a, do I have a permanent shift? Give it a little time. Do it sometime. Okay. Now, did Bob have anything to do with it? Yes, yes, he uh, he helped. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. thanks to everybody that's helping, and uh, and it it worked. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. I wanted to ask the question, you know, the very first healing I experienced, not with myself, but with my sister, is when I asked him to help, I asked the Elohim to help, and her lupus disappeared from her chest mysteriously, and lupus never goes away. And when I asked them, how did you do that? They said they projected a filter into her blood and took the lupus out. Now, the question I wanted to ask, we we have learned that the Elohim have various groups that have different functions. And one of the highest groups is called the Council of Grace. And the Council of Grace can go in and mess with uh, frequencies and whatever and change the structure of things so something happens that looks like a miracle. When my sister had that experience of her lupus disappearing and the Elohim taking credit for sending, uh, going into her blood and filtering out the lupus, was the Council of Grace involved with that? Yes. Yes? Yes. And, and it took the Council of Grace to uh, do something, to change something miraculously on the physical level, right? Yes. Other entities and involved as well? There were, okay. And was the Council of Grace involved in 
what happened to me last night. Yes, they were called in. Ah. Uh, okay. Because, you know, I know there's a, a lot of people that suffer that are in our cause or have suffered that have physical issues and diseases and health issues. And I'd like to learn more about how to bring the Council of Grace in to help them out. Is there anything I could do to cause that to happen other than ask? Ask uh, Sherry Brown. Nope. Ask Terry for help. Terry to intercede to contact counsel. Okay. And when Jesus did all his healings, was was the Council of Grace helping him? Yes. Yes. So when you have high-level miracles, they're usually involved, I think. And what density is the Council of Grace in? Thirteen. Thirteen? Thirteen. Thirteen, okay. And, you know, the Elohim is a big group. And as I understand it, they span through a number of densities. Is that correct? Yes. And I think maybe it's either from the sixth to the thirteenth or the seventh to the thirteenth? Yes, yes, they can. Okay. All right. And can other groups in the Elohim do healings without the Council of Grace? They work together. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the Council of Grace usually, if they're called on, will, will, will do something. Yes. Uh, the connection is strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was Dr. Ying part of calling them in as well? He helped, yes. Okay. All right. And um, switching subjects. Thank you for all of that. And switching subjects. We had this huge hurricane in Acapulco, and 
160 mile an hour winds brought down a lot of houses and there's a few people still missing, I believe. And um, was that a naturally caused event? No. No. Don't you ask, guys, okay? <laughs> no. No. All right. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, I, nobody was, I don't believe anyone was aware of it on Whole Planet Healing before it occurred. And I think before it occurred, no one believed it was going to be that strong. It was supposed to be a, a lower level hurricane. If we, if we had mentioned that on Whole Planet Healing, could that have made a difference? Possibly, yes. Okay. So listen, guys, pay attention. We're not just whistling Dixie. Uh, they're listening to us. You know, I remember early on, they, they, they said that, you know, our bringing them information was very valuable because there's things that they don't pay attention to. But if we bring it up, they'll pay attention to it. And it might cause a shift in outcomes. So I hope that you all consider that with the whole planet healing and pay, pay enough attention to the news. There's all kinds of things that one can ask for. Like if there's a disaster somewhere or a plane crash and people die, you can ask for their souls to be contacted and help get through the death experience to a higher level. Or if there's a weather event, or we do the hurricanes every day with Jennifer and we've got, not the, yeah, no, not hurricanes, earthquakes every day with Jennifer. And we have that covered. But there's a lot of things that aren't covered that unless we bring them up, they may not get paid attention to. So I just wanted to reinforce that. And um, I'm going to see, Terry Maurice, is Bob on the line? Can you tune in to Bob? Come on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I have a question. In various questions we have asked, it's been indicated that Jesus came from Venus and was part of the group of people that were manifesting the Christos energy on the planet Venus and that the Ra group was working with Jesus rather closely. The first indication I ever had of that was in a David Wilcock channeling where they said, we came to you in our religion, mainly Christianity, but we don't speak in those terms any, anymore, much anymore because of the way religion screwed it up. 
And uh, so, can you can you verify all of that from your own side? That I came from Venus. No, I was there. Were you were you there when Venus went through its ascension cycle a long time ago? Oh, this is Terry Marie. I'm not sure. Let me ask you. Do you have do you have clear access to that kind of information? Can't get, I can't get a definite answer, I'm sorry. Mm, okay. I mean, one time early on, I did a session with Daphne, and I asked the question that when Jesus said, Father, who was answering that? And then I said, was it uh, the one infinite creator? Was it the Elohim? And before I said anything else, she said, if you were to understand it, it would have been the Ra group. Can you get a confirmation on that? Yes. Yes. And when Jesus was doing his physical manifestation on the planet, did he know that it was a group soul that was guiding him. Yes. I mean, or did he just call it God? He, he knew. He knew. He, knew. he had some understanding of that. Yes. And did Jesus know who Akhenaten was? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it's my understanding that Akhenaten was responsible for the Essenes. And he sent some of his most enlightened people in Egypt to live in the caves in preparation for Jesus. It's also my understanding that uh, this is according to the raw material, Carla Records material, that um, Jesus was one of, not Jesus, uh, Akhenaten was one of the few people in history that were communicating with the Elohim. Can you verify that? I can't, sorry, Mary Marie, I can't, can't get it. Okay. Come back. All right. Well, Carla Ruckert said it, and I think it's probably true. And I think it, she never said this, but I think it's also probably true. 
He was communicating with the Ra group through his wife, who was Nefertiti, who was channeling for him. But let's leave it at that, okay? Now, I have a really interesting replay today. And before I go to it, let me open the lines up and see if any of you want to ask a question. Hang on a second. They are open. Oh, they are? You guys are being very quiet today. Good work. <laughs> okay. Does anyone have a question? No. Okay. So, on that, actually, you know what? Since I asked that question about Akhenaten and the Ra group and everything, uh, now, Terry Moreno, this might be too much to ask, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. And that is, can we, can we talk to the Ra group? Try. Try? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I wanted to ask the question, uh, just verifying what I said about Akhenaten, A, that he was channeling the Ra group, and B, his wife was the channel. Yes. Both of those things were true, correct? Yes. Okay. Was anyone else a channel for the raw group for him, or just his wife. Scribe? Scribe? Yes. How about his mother? His mother was very influential. Queen Tai was her name. Was she channeling anybody? No. no. Was she positive, positively oriented? Mother? Yeah. Yes, for the most part, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And I might as well ask this one true. Can I verify did Akhenaten send people to live in caves who became the uh, Essenes? No. Pardon me? Yeah, no. You're getting no? Yes. Can you tell me where the Essenes came from? And for those of you that don't know, the Essenes were a group of people that counseled Jesus as he was growing up. 
and guided him into his role that he played in that period of time. Is that accurate, what I just said? Yes. Okay. Can't get where they came from. Okay, so you don't know if they did not come from Akhenaten's group or where they came from, right? You get it. You can't act. You can't access that information, correct? Not at this time. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and I think that'll be all. And uh, in looking through things to play, I found a really good session in it was January twenty third, two thousand thirteen. And I don't usually play Wednesday calls because they usually go through a number of topics and they don't stay on one topic because they're answering people's questions. But this was a particularly good call that had extremely good material and topics in it, and I thought I would play it today. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. It is January 23rd, 2012, and that you extend into multiple timelines, so you have potentially can do that. But once you take an incarnation on Earth, you get contracted by the veil here and these higher aspects of yourself get hidden, they get occluded, and, and this looks like all it is. And so when you start to access other timelines, you're kind of learning a new way of being. And so it can take a while for that to anchor. You know, historically, if you were um, oh, studying under someone, they have something called initiations. And in truth, what initiation is, is giving somebody a reference point for a higher timeline, and then after a period of time, they learn to anchor that. And so the first step is to feel the energy, to feel what it feels like, and then slowly integrate it. You can't push the river, although for some people it happens really fast. And, you know, this has been my learning experience too, my learning experience in talking to them and my learning experience talking to our guys in other dimensions. And my learning experience mostly to learn how this process works with other people because initially it just seemed like I had a lot of great information that was coming through Daphne and Terry and I said, wow, this is information I don't think anyone's ever heard before. And we started putting the information out, but 
the information, even when you read, this is what they say now, that when you listen to their audios, when you read the transcripts, on some level, their energy is in the words. So as you engross yourself, immerse yourself in this, if you choose to, you can have a constant reiteration of this, these higher frequencies. And hopefully, um, that will turn into a life-changing, life-expanding experience. And it takes a while. It doesn't happen right away. And sometimes people that are really smart look at it and say, I want it now, I want it now, and I want it now. And that will actually push it away by making those kind of demands. You've got to cooperate with your own process. And you'll see it's like a slow but steady movement. And it's just a matter of sticking with it. Now, one of the things is sometimes when you start doing this, for some people, things get worse before they get better. Because one of the things about moving into higher timelines is that we have all, we, most of us have blocks somewhere in our energy field. And so when you come across a block and you, and you started to bring in energies from the higher realms, then where you are blocked starts to release itself. And when it starts to release itself, there can be uncomfortable feelings like anger, like hurt, like dizziness. And who is that breathing in there, Pat? Hello, one, two, let me see. Let's see if we get rid of them. Okay. So this is a huge, I call it an experiment, but... It is an experiment. It's your experiment. Part of it is I have convinced myself that what I told you is true in watching this. And you have to convince yourself that it's true by having your own experience. And when you have your own experience, you can validate it inside of yourself. It's not based on me, Daphne. It's not even based on the Elohim. You just get it. And it's an, an intuitive getting it. And suddenly, pieces start come, coming together. And But it happens when it does. It's happened for lots of people on the line. So we have some great questions tonight. Thanks to all of you who were asking questions. This is one of those nights we have more questions than I can possibly touch on. And I try to pick the questions you know, just so you know, I try to pick the questions that the mo- that will impact the most people. And sometimes people people um, ask personal questions, but it's the kind of thing that lots of people go through, and so I ask those kinds of questions. Sometimes somebody is urgent in need of something. They're in grief. I try to ask those questions. Um, sometimes people are at a stuck point 
and their stuck point is a stuck point that lots of people have, and I try to ask those questions. And some people ask questions out of curiosity about how things work, and although they can be questions, sometimes they don't answer them. I put them at the bottom of the pile because um, they're just mental questions. And it's unlikely, I'm not saying impossible, but the answer to them will change somebody's life. It'll just satisfy their curiosity. So my goal is to put things here that you can use to change your life and and change the lives of the people around you. And I'm assuming that everyone that comes to these calls and who is picking up the premises of what we're doing wants to make a greater connection with the higher realms, wants to get let go of their lower negative habits, and that this is an opportunity not only to have the experience, but get to learn how it all works so that um, you become wiser as well as having more energy. Because when you become wiser, now you're starting to learn how to share things with other people. So on that note, I am going to call in the light, which is invoking a group energy amongst all of us present. And when I do this, pay close attention to the field around you uh, or to the sensations around your body, and you may notice a shift. What we're doing is our, our expanded um, being, the parts of us in other dimensions, are connecting with each other and allowing a cushion, a space, for our higher friends to come in and join us. Let me just make sure, Terry, you're there, right? Hello, Terry. You're not I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Oh, good. And Daphne, you're there, right? I am here, Lynn, yes. Yes, okay. And I, I I say this, and I can't say this enough, We are so extremely lucky to have Terry and Daphne cooperating and participating and being, sacrificing and being those sources that are our bridge to the verbal communications of these higher dimensions of these, what identifies itself as group souls. Now, if there's a question that comes in that I can answer, kind of as a dummy human from my levels, I may just answer it really quickly. And uh, and other questions, I can't answer. Okay. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this line. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and transmuted dispersed for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe, through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, 
through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls, and we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We create a protected space that only the positive has access to, and anything not of that nature must leave now. And... Our first question, and maybe I'll ask this one to Terry, to our sources as they speak through Terry. Is it possible to regenerate a part of the body? And if so, would it be possible by science or by spirit? And that is from Miriam Doran. Thank you. If one were to regenerate a part of the body, and we greet you all in the love light of one infinite creator and are delighted to be with you and to enter into this communication in the earth realm. And we take a look and we see that if one were to regenerate a, a body part, that it would take a combination of spirit and a combination of uh, science in that uh, there would need to be genetics um, and uh, impulses, information impulses to the area that would need uh to be coordinated with the spirit and to be uh, coordinated with the mind of the individual in, with the subconscious autonomic nervous system of the individual. And right now, in um, many areas, the way that the body form is has been developed, um, there are not those specific impulses that would tell the part to regenerate. There are parts of the body that do regenerate um, and do have this impulse system set up. There is a way to bypass uh, the actual physical autonomic uh, impulses um, which would um, take into account a pool of energies uh, that would send special signals to uh, the body to trigger the regenerative qualities of areas that did not uh, ordinarily have these regenerative qualities, for instance, to go a third set of teeth or to regrow an arm that had been uh, cut off. Um, during the cutting off process, there 
is a ceiling or um, a in the healing process, um, the area seals off pulse, which stops it from further growth. So if one was to regrow the area, then one would need to uh, trigger it um, soon after the um, appendage was cut off. So um, that is why that if an arm is reattached, uh, it needs to be within a certain uh, period of time before the uh, death of the um, nerve endings and uh, the uh, connector sites that could reconnect and recombine. However, if it is done within a short period of time, uh, the flow can be reestablished as the flow is still within the um, astral plane of the individual and can use this to jumpstart the connection. So there are areas within the body which do regenerate. However, there are other areas within the body that would need the extra triggering mechanism and extra information to start the regeneration and regrowth process of those areas. Thank you. Now, I'm going to pose this question to our sources through Daphne, and if she feels that uh, um, she can't answer it without prejudice, I'll pass it over to Terry, okay? Um, this is from Vaughn in Vaughn Fulkerson in Burbank. And by the way, if somebody asked me a really personal question, I wouldn't say your last name, okay? These are general questions, so I think it's okay to say the person's name. And um, Vaughn's question is, can our sources talk about the Trinity and explain what it is, especially if they can, in non-Christian terms? The idea of the Holy Ghost has always tripped me up and recently I have begun thinking of the Holy Ghost as thoughts of God. Could this have any merit? And I turn it over to... Hello? I'm here. Yes. Um, one moment. We're tuned. We greet you in the light of the one infinite creator. This is Ra'an. You have spoken about the conceptualization of that which you term Trinity, the Trinitarian consciousness, also referred to as the Christ consciousness, the Christ light. From our perspective, 
the interdimensional perspective. The Trinity acts as a bridge, as a gateway, as the resolution and harmonization of that which you deem dialectic or polarity. Trinity is not either or. Trinity is both and. It is resolution of apparently conflicting opposites through a phase modification, through a frequency amplification, thus moving perspective from the horizontal plane to the vertical plane. The horizontal plane, the experiential plane of life in a physicalized experience moved to life from the vector of the spiritualized experience necessitates a certain shifting of vantage points, a certain shifting of propensity, a certain architecting of those references inside of the body-mind-spirit complex whereby associations which would cause, shall we say, strife are ameliorated. It is, for example, a simple, shall we say, resolution dialectic. If, on the physical plane, you have two opposing forces heading at each other full force from a 180-degree opposition, intense pressures and ultimately ruptures result. Physically, you can see this architected in your ring of fire. The plate tectonics push against each other and create mountains and create fractures. In the physicalized experience, such opposing pressures ultimately bring into birth, bring into being that which is no longer of the same vibration or of the same altitude. It is of a higher vibration. In this case, two opposing plates bring into formation mountain ridges. In a physicalized body experience, two opposing forces bring into manifestation either strife, tension, and an ultimate, shall we say, demise of the old way and an upwelling of new. This is our answer. Thank you. You know, um, I'm going to ask Terry... Uh, an addendum to that, and uh, there was a an answer, as I recall, 
where we asked something about that, and it was indicated that it was an energy construct that the Ra group was in, had been involved in creating. As I've come to understand uh, that there's interdimensional, positive interdimensional sources are creating bridges, portals, um, all kinds of things in other realms so that energy can continue to flow seamlessly into this realm. And at the same time, there's negative forces that are creating uh, um, stop gaps, dams, to capture energy and to prevent it from flowing back into source. And, of course, we don't see any of this. And that in one of the answers to a question, there was some kind of indication that the Ra group was involved in the creating of energy bridges that were connected to Christianity that became known as the Holy Spirit. And um, can we have any uh, confirmation or elucidation of this particular idea? Yes. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, um, there is within the law group the creation of an energy bridge, a Christ consciousness that is close in to the human population so that they can tap into this and they can experience the love and the all-expansiveness and the um, energies of the Christ consciousness. The um, sun is uh, the uh, individual Jesus and is in as he uh, experienced life in the third density and the father is the all it is, the uh, God that is overwatching and loving all of the creation. And these operate together and make a whole wherein when one is tuned in to these, one can experience the benefits, the joy, the love, and the feeling of home and of being a part of the wonderful growth experience available to one in their life. And that energy bridge was particularly anchored, uh, I'm just asking this, uh, particularly anchored in the one known as Jesus. Yes, and it can become anchored in each and every person who uh, is able to experience the frequencies and tune into it and can have the ethics uh, presence to be able to put out partake of uh, this uh, service to other energies. Thank you. 
You know, I just want to um, make a comment, and this is something I've heard a long time ago. I know it's true, and that is dishonesty forfeits divine intervention. So if you are striving to make connections with the higher realms, you have to keep yourself impeccably honest with yourself and with other people. And uh, a question here from Margie Friedman, and I'm going to take this one. Why do, since it's addressed to me, why do you refer to the Elohim in the singular? I understand they are plural. So when you say, was the Elohim talking to me, like below, it annoys me. <laughs> and she worked for some church, and they always referred to the Elohim as plural. Well, you know what? Uh, the universe is one being, and we're all subdivisions. As I've come to understand it, the voices that we're hearing talking to us are made up of many entities that are are acting in cooperation and coming into a oneness. So it appears as one voice. And so it's like uh, sometimes I say you guys, but really the illusion is that it's one voice, but it is and it isn't. And maybe Daphne can put some further understanding on that. One moment, please. We greet you in the light of the one infinite creator. This is the Council of Ra'an. You speak of human vernacular. You speak of parlance. In terms of angelic, in terms of messenger, we see the Elohim both, as you would say, wave and particle, both as group and as singularity. It is a perceptual faculty of the 3D experience that one can see both the plural and the singular incongruence. From our perspective, it matters not whether one sees one as singular or plural, when in fact both are true, and as such there is both wave and particle, and both are true. We would ask you to necessitate that which is within yourself and finds resonance if you find more hopefulness, more joy in the expression of the divine essence in the singular, then by all means use that association. If you find more resonance in that which would be the plural, then by all means use that association. The various affinity of parlance of the language is particularized to each individual and each individual is asked to speak to the interior sources of self 
from a place of the heart and a place of what feels resonant and what feels correct. For ultimately, all is divine. The I am, the spoken word, the logos, is the proto-form of making the celestial bridge into the heaven realms. The heaven realms coexist with the physical realm as intention and thought is articulated into the physical space and one brings oneself forward in the asking, in the reaching, in the striving, into the otherworldly space. An anchoring of light, of protoform, of intent is set forth and precipitation, physicalization of that which one requests and the desiring comes into functionality and into physicality. This is part of what you are learning as celestial architects grounded in a 3D tangible physical body matter. Yes, you are in the process of upgrading your light quotients. Yes, you are in the process of upgrading the particular frameworks of your DNA. What is required at this point is practice and ultimate mastery of those abilities inherent in each and every person to articulate, i.e. to focus various frequencies of design and desire and passion and bring those forth into a unique expression which is of that individual in its most highly articulated, unique, designed form. You are asked to be all that you can be in your prototypical architectural oversoul. Your oversoul is experiencing its myriad parts in a coordinated effort, in an orchestrated effort, interdimensionally and through various timelines, coalescing into a singularity at this moment in the time and space. We say this is a mouthful, and in a simple answer, it matters not how you address your spiritual desires. It matters that you do choose words and resonances which attune for you and which bring the most joy and most passion. Thus said, speak to your Lord and know he is with you. Thank you. And next, this is, uh, Meryl sent me a whole bunch of questions, and I am going to ask one of them, and I'll ask it through Terry. Why do we have emotions, and what are they from your perspective? Thank you. Emotions are a way of accessing the world. It is a way of letting 
your own self know when there is something that needs to be addressed. When there is some situation, like a first alert system within your life to let you know that there is something afoot, something that is needed, and the emotions can help direct you to what is needed. For instance, if one feels afraid, then it is a sign that one needs to address that fear and to find out if there is something in the surroundings that need to be corrected for the sustenance of life to go on. Or it can take all kinds of uh, complexity that if a person is afraid and it might be a chronic fear based upon uh, news in the media or uh, based upon some situation that one does not know uh, how to handle or have any control over handling it. When one um, has unexpressed uh, resentment, uh, it is a sign that there is something at the base of it, an unexpressed communication that hasn't been able to get across. an expansion that the individual uh, could move into. However, there is a blockage somewhere. So people can use the emotions to um, direct their attention to um, find out more about it, to observe it, to see what is at the root of it. It can be a great uh, directional symbol, sort of symbols uh, to help one fine-tune their life and to operate by when one can move up through the negative uh, emotions and get into the positive emotions, then it is a, a sign that one is on the right track and they can experience joy and cheerfulness and uh, uh, the elixir of uh, living um, with the uh, rewards of um, having the um, life fulfilled for uh, and with them and by them. Emotions are a very important tool that one can use in uh, the uh, assessment of their own life and see what they can bring uh, to themselves and what needs to be addressed. If they're sad and lonely, that something can be addressed in that area needs to be addressed to uh, bring fulfillment, and it could be a symbol or a sign that there 
is something uh, built into their own soul housing um, in, in the area of a belief system that is preventing them from uh, accessing their full potential and their full joy. Thank you. Um, for Daphne, uh, Anna, Anne in Maine um, had a dear friend who is in San Francisco who did missionary work, and he died, and he never told her he was terminally ill. And I think she, she says, can you help? I think she's trying to uh, relieve herself of the incompletion and why her friend didn't reach for her. And uh, let's see if anything comes forth from our sources through Daphne. One moment, please. Shanti, Shanti. We greet you in the love and the light of the one and the creator. We speak to you this evening and address this query. This is the Council of Ra'an. You speak of the unresolved issues of personal connection and of personal feelings of closeness as you would address them upon your plane. The individuated expression of whether to quote, burden another with one's demise. These are highly individuated. In the particular instance which we are addressing and which we are looking at, we see a soul who was independent in nature, who felt that by holding certain issues, holding certain vulnerabilities, holding certain dependencies, energetically speaking, emotionally speaking, psychologically speaking, close to the chest, he would thus spare his companions and those with whom he shared an emotional bond, a certain heaviness. He did not wish to encumber. We sense from our perspective this was done out of respect. This was done out of compassion. This was done out of a sense of not wishing to burden another, not out of a sense of uncaring or mistrust. It is a particularized expression of this consciousness and of this entity. It was a free will choice. In terms of bringing resolution, of bringing a divine design into a higher accordance with what is felt to be helpful in the heart arena, one can ask for stabilization and containment of those energies which one feels to be burdened with, which one feels to be saddened with, and one can offer these, offer them up, to the place 
of clarity to the place of what we have described before in previous sessions as the witnessing self. If one is able to bring one's sense of sadness, one's sense of loss, one's sense of dependency, one's sense of regret, if one can bring these to a place of offering these to be taken and literally transmuted by the higher God source, one avails oneself of healing modalities of an interdimensional nature which can alter the understanding and the experiences of the person undergoing such uncomfortable emotions. We would counsel this individual to offer up what it is she is feeling and to await a kind of divine, designed presentiment of hope. And having hope alleviates the feelings of frustration. Thank you. Thank you. Um, We have a question from Gary, which I'm not going to ask. (laughs) He's asking about significance of the inaugural celebration of Barack Obama. And uh, Gary, that kind of a question is a loaded time bomb. Uh, When we go into politics or when we go into um, religion, and sometimes we touch on that in a positive way, but sometimes people want to know, well, tell me the details about this or that or the other thing in religion. And... um, it may vary and be different from the way the text is written for that religion. And people are relying on that text and depending on it. And uh, it's not important that they know the specifics if it's working for them. And so it's not something it's in, in the best interest, the highest good, to go into those kind of questions. And the same thing with politics. Some people think Barack Obama is terrible. There should be a Republican. Some people think that he is not doing what he said he did. Some people think he's controlled by other people. And some people think he's a light worker. And it's not up for us to tell you to try to figure that out. Uh, You can do it yourself and do enough searching on the Internet, okay? Because people that have high passion about politics will then lose their connection with the rest of our work because we said something that wasn't politically correct, so it's not worth it. And then, um, let me see here. Jai Boyega in Nigeria asked, why does a soul that accomplished great feats and earth-shaking ventures come back back to the third density? And, I, you know, those of you that listened to um, uh, Philip Dick and that thing I read on Philip Dick, it's because if souls did not come back into this realm who were high, wise, and could hold the light, this realm would fall back into the negative, uh, even more so than it is. The only thing that is holding this realm above the waterline is all of those souls that have come into it to be of service 
And it's a tremendous sacrifice because once the soul graduates this realm and doesn't have the requirement to come back, and they do come back, if things, you know, sometimes they get stuck in many, many lifetimes going through it again. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you've heard about Terry St. Catherine thing, I mean, she's had loads of lifetimes where people were killing her, her head was cut off, blah, 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 blah. It's like, so, you know, it's like you lose, you lose, it becomes tragic because you don't, you lose even the memory that it all works that way. So, you see, we're constantly recreating ourselves. And when, when a soul comes in that does great feats and earth-shaking ventures, oftentimes it's because they found themselves at the right time and the right place, and they measured up and they came forth. But if they didn't find themselves in the right time and the right place, if they didn't have the synchronicities, then they could have just been another ordinary person, and even a subordinary person, and that's the way that I see that it works. And um, let's see, Marilyn, uh, ask your question next week. Okay, that's a good question. And if you don't, I might try to remember to ask it. All right. And uh, Marilyn, try to pick the most important question. Okay, because I can't, um, I can't answer all those questions. And Carla's not going to be here tonight, those of you that were waiting for her. And, um, you know, we've been doing something really extraordinary for people hanging on the line after our regular call is over. Now, this is not on BBS. It's only on our phone calls. And um, you have to listen to it to experience it. And I'm getting emails from people. And uh, let me see how much. One Monday I'll bring Carla in and we'll talk about it in more detail because we only have about a minute left. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Gary. I want to thank Heis, even though he was late today. And I want to thank our sources. And I thank all of you for showing up and holding the space for us to do to do this and bring this incredible knowledge and wisdom and understanding of how the realms work into this realm. We wouldn't be doing it if you weren't showing up. So, and special thanks again to Daphne and Terry. And uh, on that note, I'm unmuting everybody. I think you're unmuted. Thank you so much. are you present? If you talk in wind, we cannot hear you. There's a good chance, of course, also that you are in a more relaxed... Here I am. Okay. okay. Here I am. <laughs> okay. Um, did you like that audio? Yeah, that was good. Nice. 
Excuse me just a second here. Let's see. We have another half hour. And, um, you know, if Terry Marie is there, I would like to explore the idea of healing with her and our sources a little deeper. Are you here, Terry Marie? Hello, hello, hello. Okay. I'm here. I don't know if I can keep up with you. (laughs) Okay. I'll try to keep it simple. All right. Okay. Everybody likes the idea of healing, especially when they're not in good shape. And when something in the body shifts, it's kind of amazing how that happened. A mystery. And I was going to pose some questions on what happens when the body shifts. Now, with my sister, they said we projected a filter to her blood and we took the lupus out. Okay, and that was fairly comprehensible, right? And when there's a healing, is it usually the case that there's a projection of energy and it changes the uh, molecular structure of something? Yes, yes, energies, frequencies, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, in my case, where I had this complete disappearance of my symptoms, which were apparently caused by a prostate that was too big and a... um Uh, a stone, a mineral buildup in my bladder, okay? In that that situation, can you explain what happened to cause the relief of my symptoms? Or let me just say it this way. Did you shrink the bladder? Shrink the bladder? Is that what you said? Yeah. Did someone shrink the bladder? Like the reason that symptom is there is because the bladder has gotten bigger, apparently. Prostate got bigger. Prostate. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Prostate. The prostate got bigger. And then it squeezes the tube that the urine passes through. And the urine can't, has a harder time getting through that tube. Right? Yes. Yes. So, if my bladder was bigger, did it get shrunken? Yeah, the prostate got shrunk and the, the stone was... Excuse me. Keep, 
Yes, and the stone was dissolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The process of the healing. If the process got shrunk in, does that mean it won't come back again? Mm. Can it unshrink? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You have to take uh, measures to keep it that way, to work on it yourself as well. it was a it was a big improvement for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, there were many people working on you and sending healing energy and for the specific uh, specifics to shrink the prostate, to dissolve the stone, also to unblock uh, other areas, the arteries. Yes, all that was being performed on you. Does that work happen better when you're sleeping? Well, sometimes because the body is more relaxed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, when I said would it come back, I mean obviously it can gradually come back, but yes, but it, but it could it come back like tonight? I feel the problem again. Not necessarily. <coughs> Excuse me. Not necessarily tonight. Excuse me. Is it not necessarily or not likely? Not likely that it would come back tonight. So it's the uh, circumstances that cause the prostate to get larger would continue. Then it could come back. Yes, whatever caused it, yes. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, it's a na- you know, I read a lot about this stuff while I was suffering. And supposedly, it's, um, it's prostates grow because they just naturally grow. It's a hugely common problem, a huge common problem in older men. And I think like over 50, 50% of the people get it and over 80, 80% of the people get it. Maybe not to the same extent. Uh, would you consider that a bad design? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yes. Uh, there, yes, there are measures you can take to keep it in in check. Say, yeah, supplements and uh, natural remedies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now maybe they didn't expect people to live that long. Oh, yeah. Is that the reason that it was that happened? No. We're meant to live a long time. Were, were, were the people who... Is that a DNA issue? That it was in the programming of the DNA? Uh, no. Or maybe, maybe another question would be, 
there are many things that start to uh, break down as people get older, okay? Yes. Is that because of the design, or is that because they they did things that would screw up things? Like diet, That's, for example. Well, yes. Their diet, environment, uh, way of living, many things can contribute to it that were not um, natural to begin with. Uh, the way you take care of, one takes care of the body, it's all related. I mean, that's well, one issue with the male, but other females have issues as well. I mean, there are many mm -hmm. other issues that come into view from diet, environment, etc. Were our bodies designed as the Elohim directly, or did they subcontract that to uh, um, ETs, or did ETs take it on themselves? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not even involved uh, for humans, right? Yes. Well, I understand the Anunnaki crossbred their genes with ape genes. Was it ape genes or um, caveman genes? The Andesol man. Yes. The Andesol man? Pardon me? Which one? The Andesol man? Neanderthal? No. Uh, no. Elohim had a design in mind. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, got assistance from other groups. Another group. I mean, crossbreeding, I believe, um, happens naturally. Like, if I have it right, when a horse and a mule were crossbred, it made a donkey. Or a donkey was a, a product of crossbreeding, right? People that have dogs, dogs crossbreed species all the time, so you can get a, uh, um, a chihuahua and a... Different breeds, yes. A, a chihuahua and a, and a, and a um, Dalmatian. <laughs> Assuming that uh, the one species could fit their thing into the other species, you know? Yes, and in that in that case, there's no um, supervised merging or, or, or changing of the DNA. It's just the two species do it as a result of breeding. Yes, it's been much experimentation. Mm -hmm. How is DNA influenced? 
is it, is it influenced by frequencies coming in, being aimed at it? This is the side of, when there's an external influence, it's creating uh, a species. Is it because energy is aimed at the DNA to reprogram the the um, no, this is too much. This territory is too, too deep, too complex. Too complex for mm-hmm. me. It's more of a Lauren question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't get that. If Lauren is here, do you know the answer to that, Lauren? Lauren is not on the call. Okay. It seems to me, from my own intuitiveness, that DNA is impacted by energy that's pointed at it. For example, if astrology, the movement of the stars, creates an energy flow into this realm that can affect DNA. Am I accurate on that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And even being around another human and being closely connected or even a dog, some people say they start to look like they're dogs. Um, and maybe the dogs start to look like them. I don't know. But that would be an energy exchange that impacts the DNA, I would assume. Or if you have a close relationship with with the opposite sex, it it, it, it would affect your DNA, and it could change things in you. That just seems intuitively true. Not necessarily. Right. I mean, does it happen sometimes, where one human affects another, another human? Well, yes, but not. Um, not the DNA isn't uh, what's the word affected or changed energy wise of course uh, are affected by each other and then I also understand that when you reincarnate the DNA structure of your past life becomes part of the DNA structure of your present life. Yes. And that if you had different past lifetimes, which we all have, and we had different appearances in those lifetimes, if you start to duplicate the pattern of a particular past life, it will activate the DNA of that past life and change your appearance slightly. 
like from my own experience, I know some of my past lives and my resemblance to those past lives. And they were not exactly the same in each lifetime. They were different. And my own appearance changed over the years, which I would assume was because when I started to um, take on the traits of a particular past life, that it would activate the DNA of that past life, which was already in me, and change my appearance. Yes? The DNA was already there, yes. Uh, appearance it, may not, it may not have been activated of that particular lifetime. In other words, I know I had a lifetime where I was taking on doing a, being a troubadour, and that I I don't have a picture of that lifetime, but I would assume that when I was doing my troubadour stuff this lifetime, that I might have resembled that past lifetime. And then I had other lifetimes where I was more prominent, and I did have a picture, and. I could find pictures of myself that had a remarkable look of that person, but others did not. A quick question. You know? A quick Pardon question me? from Logan. A quick question from Logan. So are you saying you were Go ugly ahead. then and you're ugly now? Uh, speak for yourself, okay? <laughs> <laughs> About time for the healing list. All right. Hang on a second here. Yeah, it is. When I have a question, when I have Who a question, it's John. Yes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that by, I don't know what you said, uh, some effect of uh, reliving or, or, or somehow you're able to, to reactivate your uh, DNA uh from a previous lifetime, does that mean that you could? It would also, if by by chance that you ran into someone that that you that you were married to or something like that in a previous lifetime, does that mean that you could help reactivate the uh, um, the DNA uh, of I the mean, previous lifetimes? Yeah, the memories of the previous experience. If by just by merely uh, seeing and talking to that person again, is that, is that possible? Yes. John, yes it is. This is something that's just happened to me very recently. And I can that tell you that yes it is. Oh my um, god, that's what I was thinking. Yes, what I was thinking, yes. Oh this has god. happened to me this has happened to me very, very recently. And if you come into contact with somebody from your past life, <laughs> um, you can have a connection with them. And then you can have a memory that, um, this, you know, for me, it happened with a lucid dream where I was conscious, fully awake, but asleep. And then you have all of the images and the memories. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> I, yes. But I would... I would think, I would think 
that you have to do more than just have a contact with them. You have to have exchange of energies with them over a period of time. Yes, you do, Win. That is absolutely yes, correct. Yes, yes, that's it. Because that's if, you it. Have, yes, that's it. if you have an exchange of energy, depending on what it can be, it can be positive or negative, it can create, it can open a portal between you and that person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's how and it then, works. Yes, oh, my God. Uh, that's how yes. it works. <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened to me already. See, yeah, that portal you're talking about, how, how do you indicate that, but how do you experience that portal between you and the significant other? Well, well she um, didn't say, she didn't, wait a second. It's amazing. She didn't. She didn't say significant. Wait a second. She didn't say significant other. I'm European. I'm 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 European. I I uh, translate significant in my certain way, but not no not mm-hmm. not that way. Yes, correct. Well, I mean, um, what, what happens? Yes. To, to, to answer your question, hi. Mm-hmm. Um, you. I don't know about everybody. I can only tell you from my own personal experience. Um, you can sense the other person's energy, and you have a type of telepathy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can feel when they're thinking about you, and you and you can, and vice versa. If they, mm-hmm. um, anything that connects the energy, if they look at any of your things, you can feel the the energy from that. And it's a like a, it's a type of telepathy. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, you know, I know what you're talking about. Thank you. We just proved that the junk DNA is actually where all your previous memories are stored. Well, we know that. This you know? is living proof. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know too much about that. I think it's energetic. I think that um, it's something to do with the soul, an aspect of the soul that stores the memory. Because DNA um, is, I see DNA as being physical and the physical element of the body. But the DNA is what affects your appearance. It affects a lot of things about you, okay? Yes. But, uh, but, but then again, the, the same soul can come in the physical through a white body or a uh, black body, skin skin wise, or or a red skin, or so that there's a total different characteristics uh, in the looks of the physical. But still, it's the same from the same DNA. So there is quite some flexibility in that, I guess. Yeah, but what I, was I saying think is it's memory, held in the soul rather than the body. The memories are stored in your junk DNA, and I actually did experience, uh, um, even now, uh, the exact uh, memory of when something happened uh, a couple hundred years ago. Well, you know, John has the experience of having been married to Olivia Newton-John for a number of lifetimes, okay? (laughs) Yeah, almost 1,900 or (laughs) 2,000 times. Yeah. But can, can you remember? You can't remember what she looked like in those lifetimes, can you? 
Um, now I'm thinking of someone else who I recently uh, met, and that was my previous wife from like several hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I saw the exact memory of when she was like lacing up one of her black boots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carrie never Carrie never looked like me, and I never looked like Carrie. Okay, for as long as we were together, as close as we are. And I'm even sleeping on the same bed we slept on. And uh, so, for some reason, it didn't work with Terry and I, okay? But listen, let's end this discussion and go to the healing list. And if you're listening on BBS Radio, we do these calls every Sunday. We explore some of the most amazing topics of uh, life that have never been, uh, to my knowledge, by and large, have never been revealed scientifically or historically. Um, And it's fascinating. And it tends to open up your cellular memories for yourself and cause you to grow. But on that note, we're going to end this. Highs, why don't you mute everybody? Yes. And, uh, T- Terry Marie, I will unmute you, okay?